All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hey there it's michelle norris i'm host of a podcast called your mama's kitchen when i travel i'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when i'm not at home and one of the things i love to do when i am at home is entertain and airbnb allows me to do that when i was in california recently i rented a house that had a great kitchen and when we were sitting around the table we're all thinking we're in someone else's house someone could be in all of our homes as well If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Just after three o'clock on a game day. Happy Monday, Jason Greger, Connor Halley. With you, uh, TR might make an appearance on the show, but uh, heavily in filming for season three of Shorzy today and he uh he sent me their uh script reading today he was joking uh, he, he's in all the scenes so uh he definitely will be on thursday but uh monday for the next few weeks will be a, a little hit and miss because uh, they do all their filming sunday through until about thursday at noonish give or take so we know he's always on thursdays and he'll make the monday appearance kind of joking that uh for whatever reason right now hitch is popular character in a lot of the scenes so maybe that will change we'll see the evolution of Hitch. We're seeing it unfold right in front of our eyes. It's like maturing young prospect in hockey, right? Like go back and watch season one of Shorzy. Then you look at season two, you see a big improvement. So what will we expect in season three? Who knows? Welcome back to the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Edmonton, or Alberta's only regulated online gambling website where I know many of you keep asking the question, why does everybody still... Give the order so much respect. Well, I think they look at a lot of the other line numbers and they're like, this team should eventually win. And they have won three of their last four overall. And I thought against Tampa Bay, they wasted that game. They should have put that game away in the first 40 minutes. No question in my mind. Yeah, When your best players figure out how to score again, the orders could be a dangerous team. But they can't wait much longer. You can't keep digging a hole. The only good news is... The wild card race, like the top six teams, I think there's a pretty big separation. It's going to be hard to get in the top six, but you want to get in the playoffs and anything can happen. Um, the seventh and eighth spots, St. Louis, Anaheim, Arizona, Calgary, Minnesota, Edmonton. 
None of those teams are like, oh my goodness, way better than Edmonton if the Oilers decide to show up continually. So, which I think their last four games overall, you'd say they played pretty well. They just, you know what? That game was frustrating because I thought that was a very winnable game. Very winnable game. Now, let's get to our uh, big guest of the day, brought to you by Silent Ice Sports and Entertainment, an innovative market leader across uh, Western Canada with properties including the uh, Spruce Grove Saints, Seattle Thunderbirds, the Junior Prospect uh, Hockey League. They have Silent Rides charter companies, arenas, and more. That is Silent Ice, and they uh, do a ton of charity stuff as well, which is great. Uh, Andy Petrillo from uh, CBC Sports and uh, on soccer joins us. Uh, Andy, how was your weekend? Uh, it was busy. I was working at CBC, um, but, uh, you know, getting ready for the winter. It's, it's strange to say that I'm getting ready for the winter season because it feels really cold. But now, like in the world of high-performance sport, the alpine season, skeleton Ooh. bobs, so, you know, all those fun Olympic sports, yes. they're all starting to get underway. So that's what we're covering as well. So very exciting. Now, uh, lots going on in soccer, of course. Uh, Canada with uh, with a big win uh, defeats Jamaica two to one on uh, Saturday. Uh, what impressed you about the match? <laughs> well, the biggest thing that impressed me was that. So, firstly, Canada has not won yeah. in Jamaica since 1988. Yeah, crazy. And fun, fun, fun little fact: if you draw the two together, another little parallel: 1988 Calgary Olympics. 1988, the Jamaican bobsled team was making headlines. I don't know. Sometimes I love like those little types of con- historical connections there. But, you know, the, the Jamaican bobsled team was making uh, headwaves in 1988. And that was also the last time Canada was able to win a soccer match in Jamaica. But they get the win. So that's what's impressive. But also what's impressive is I was in studio, Jason, on Friday night. I was going through my routine to get ready to host my pregame show and Get ready for a game and halftime and post. And then we're looking at the back oh. feed from Jamaica. I'm, I'm looking at this going, that pitch is a swimming pool. Never mind a soccer ball. You need a beach ball. It was ankle deep. That's how much water was on that pitch. And we were just watching it getting delayed, delayed. It was supposed to be kickoff at 7, then kickoff at 8, then kickoff at 9. And we're like, come on, CONCACAF. It ain't going to happen. So they finally called it. Yeah. And they moved the game to 10.30 a.m. Eastern the next day. And, you know, for, and you know this, right? When you're, when you're talking about high performance athletes, everything is scheduled to a T. So now all this time they had to stay focused, keep warm. Now they got to go back to the hotel. They got to have the proper rest. Now they're waking up having a 1030 soccer match. I mean, the last time these guys probably played at 1030 was when they were playing for like peewee soccer. Like you don't play matches at 1030 in the morning. So now you got to wake up at a certain time. Do you eat breakfast? Do you not eat breakfast? What do you eat? Like everything is kind of just thrown off a little bit because athletes are just such creatures of habit and routine. So the fact that Canada was able to overcome all that, the weather, the delay, uh, change in time, and also pull off a victory for the first time since 1988, there's a lot to be impressed about with the team for sure. Now, are we at the point where, you know, you should expect Canada to, to win pretty much most of the time in the CONCACAF region? We are. And and the biggest challenge for Canada is doing it now outside. So yes. the expectation, without doubt, should be every time you go in and you face teams in CONCACAF, you should be challenging for top spot. We know that the demons that are still in front of the Canadians, the Americans and the Mexicans, although in this quarterfinal of CONCACAF Nations League, the Mexicans lost to Honduras. So if they're ripe for the picking, 
anything can happen. Game two, which, by the way, is in Mexico, Azteca, scary place. But those are the two teams that Canada really has to overcome, as you hear them say, win trophies, right? Be kings of CONCACAF. Well, you have to do that, A, qualify for the Final Four, which if they beat Jamaica on Tuesday, they'll qualify for the Final Four of Nations League in March. Got to be in the final again. Got to try and get that trophy. So the expectation is they should be performing night in and night out in CONCACAF. And then what happens outside of that? We, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, Jason, we were talking about that spanking at the hands of Japan for one. Yeah. It was a friendly, <laughs> but those are the problems Canada faces, right? Is they can't get it done outside of CONCACAF, which is why, just a reminder to everybody, if they beat Jamaica on Tuesday, which again, they should, they'll also qualify for Copa America yeah. uh, next summer. And that's where they're playing Argentina, Brazil, like they need to be playing these other countries to prepare for the 2026 World Cup. So this is pretty huge. That 2-1 victory in Jamaica, massive. It set them up nicely for Tuesday night at BMO Field. Um, what did you make of Alfonso's Davies game? It was okay. Uh, it wasn't his best game. And with Alfonso Davies, it's really interesting because nobody's going to deny this guy's a superstar. I do think Mauro Biello put him in the best position where he was a little higher up the pit. Yes, and you 100%. also like exactly. And and here's the thing: like, should we expect more offensive production from him? Well, well, here's the reality: every single team has his name circled on the board. So whenever he gets the ball, he's getting tag team, triple team, quadruple team. What's up to Alfonso Davies now? Because you can understand he's really talented, he's gifted, and he wants to be able to perform for his country. The the effect of that, though, is sometimes you try to do it by yourself. Maybe he holds on to the ball a little too long. Maybe, you know, he can't get the pass and he gets stripped of the ball. Like, all that can kind of happen. So for me, what happens is when everyone's closing in on him, he's got to have that outlet pass. And he has to know that guys like Jonathan David, Kyle Lahren, that's what that's what they are there for. So not saying it isn't nice when Alfonso Davies scores, but should that expectation be of him to, to be more on the score sheet? Not necessarily, because this team does have a lot of other forwards. This team does have a lot of scoring prowess. Uh, it's a matter of, of if Alfonso's job, and this may be frustrating to him, is to draw everyone into him, the other team, so he can set up his teammates. And sometimes that's a sacrifice you have to make because this guy's too good everyone's just going to be on him. Uh, but he, having said that, has to find a way also to get around that because he is so speedy. He is so talented. So if he can make one touch, two touch, and he's like breaking free of, of, of uh, a block from the opposition and can get in on goal, well, isn't that spectacular? We've seen him do that before. But a lot of people now have the scouting report on him too, right? Yeah. It's not like it was in 2019 or 2020 when he was really bursting onto the scene with Canada. So um, I, I think Alfonso just needs to kind of relax a little bit and not always try to feel like he's got to put the team on his back. And then quite frankly, Jason, you know, he does have to work on set pieces. We know that they rely on him to take them because he's got a really good left foot. Yeah. But he still needs work. He still has work to do in that area as well. But that's okay. Hopefully he can work on it. Andy Petrillo joins us uh, talking all things uh, football. Now, you'd mentioned briefly about uh, the importance of this one. Obviously, there's there's lots on the line. And uh, break it down. So Canada, uh, as long as they now, if they just draw, they're automatically through, correct? Yeah, yeah. correct. Yeah, they put themselves, they put themselves in a really good position. And I just, 
If there's one thing I can stress, uh, and I know this because I talk about them day in and day out, there has been a lot of negativity around this team. You know, we were actually thinking about this uh, heading into that first leg against Jamaica. Like, when was the last time people really felt good about the Canadian men's national team? And a lot of people kind of agree that the last time was when they beat Jamaica in March of last year to qualify for the World Cup. Then it kind of just felt like it never really got its footing again, like that complete dream ride that they brought us on a World Cup qualifying. Again, not that I want to revisit, but like the boycotting of the game. And then it was kind of like this flat farewell to, to go to Qatar. They don't get a result that they wanted in Qatar. I mean, the goal was obviously to score their first ever goal at a World Cup, but then it was also to get their first ever point, And they didn't do that. John Herdman was very honest in saying we did not hit yeah. a lot of the goals that we set for ourselves. Um, and then they, you know, they came back and okay, fine. They made Nations League final and that fell flat. Number one team wasn't called in a gold cup, didn't get a camp in September, spanked by Japan, on and on and on. And it was like, man, we don't feel as good as we did when they were on that World Cup qualifying run. That game against Jamaica, it felt good. Everyone was back in camp. You stack Yo Buchanan because they were injured. They all seemed like they were on the same page. Their, their cohesion, their brotherhood, their togetherness, that was all being questioned going in. They looked good. Mauro Biello got all of his substitutions right. Yeah, I felt really good coming out of that game. So if, if, if there's one thing I can say is, like, it, it feels good again heading into this game Tuesday. By the way, they have not lost at BMO Field in Toronto since 2010. Like, it feels good. And I, and I really hope the fan base comes out and just starts to feel good about this team again. Because to your point, they set themselves up in a good position. They get a draw whatever they're in the final four of CONCACAF Nations League again another chance for a trophy and they're in Copa America that's really big for this team Andy Petrillo uh, joins us uh, Andy um, interesting story that has uh, come out uh, Emma Hayes is the uh, coach of the women's uh, she's the head coach for the women's mm -hmm. national team in the USA and she's going to be making the uh, same amount of money as the men's head coach um, how significant is this and how do you think this is, uh, how's it being received? How is it being looked at across? Do you think uh, other nations are going to follow suit with their national program? Yeah, there's a lot to dive into with this. So Emma Hayes, uh, for over a decade, she's been the head coach of uh, Chelsea's you know, women's team. And here's the thing, right? Because a lot of times if you're the coach of a big team like that, Chelsea, Manchester City, you know, Manchester United, whatever, on the men's side, yeah. you kind of scratch your head. If a, if a male coach were to leave that position to go to a national team, because you're like, what are you doing, right? So A, um, it does speak to, when you talk about pay, that she was not even making as much as she could with Chelsea. That it does take going to a national team where they are going to pay her over a million dollars, the exact same salary that Greg Berhalter is making yeah. you know, for the men. So you can see that if, for, for female coaches and in the female game, it's still very different. It's not very apples and apples when it comes to the pro game between men and women yet. So, you know, from a money point of view, she does become the highest paid female coach now. She's doing that with the United States uh, women's team. Uh, the U.S. Soccer Federation uh, has, you know, blazed a trail when it comes to equality and kind of standing behind what they say as well. But as far as, you know, also like what, what message does this, does this send and precedent? I mean, I hope it does start to set a precedent for other federations who have money. Like you look at your Europeans, you look at Italy and Germany and France and England, they have money. 
So these are federations where they can afford to do the exact same thing that the U.S. Soccer Federation is doing when it comes to their treatment of their men's and women's sides, uh, right from players to coaches. But I am a little skeptical, Jason, when it comes to, like, will this kind of be across the board? Like, I look at Canada soccer. Canada soccer doesn't have money. Canada soccer doesn't have anywhere near what the U.S. Soccer Federation has or any of those European clubs either. So when you're talking about equal pay, oh, you can have equal pay, but we're not talking about over a million dollars equal pay. We're probably talking about one coach making 300000 and then the other coach can make 300000 You want to do that? Sure, no problem. Um, but as far as that dollar amount, uh, I, I don't know if it will um, necessarily mean, all right, everyone kind of up the ante, but from an equal pay point of view, I really hope it does because it shows that it can be done. And Emma Hayes, by the way, she's won just about everything she can win with Chelsea. So this is also an extremely qualified coach who's coming on over and trying to get the U.S. women back on track. They had their worst showing uh, at a World Cup ever. So they uh, they need someone to write that ship as well. But this is huge news, Jason. And it just goes to show that it's like it's happening in places slowly but surely. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? You can't you can't take your second step without your first step. So first steps are being made. And that's really great news. Andy, uh, what are your thoughts quickly on uh, on William Nylander and the Toronto Maple Leafs and uh, what a contract <laughs> extension would look like? Oh, I thought you were going to ask me about that viral video going around of him on that Swedish talk show <laughs> in his undershirt. And I was... I mean, I was like, my goodness, but that 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 lady, that older woman, I mean, good for her. She was just taking some liberties and he was having a grand old time with it. William Nylander, as someone who's covered him when he had, you know, some stints with the Toronto Marlies, this guy has grown exponentially, not just as a player mentally, not just skill wise, but, you know, physically, he's become the full package, Jason. And I do think that this is somebody they have to hold on to. I've been saying this since day one with the Toronto Maple Leafs. They continue to do the same thing over and over again. I know they've locked in their money. We don't have to rehash everything with Tavares and and Marner and obviously Austin Matthews. But if you want to keep William Nylander and you want to be able to pay him what a lot of people feel he deserves, what are we talking about? Like I've been here like 10 yeah. Right. Like around 10 million seems to be that average, give or take 9.5 or 10.5, whichever way you want to go. Somebody has to go and something has to give because I think a lot of fans want William Nylander to stay. But in the same breath, they're complaining about their blue line. So you, you need the money to, to be dispersed elsewhere and it can't just be locked up. Um, and again, we can go into Tavares has the no trade. You are not getting rid of Austin Matthews. Does it become Mitch Marner? Do you figure out a way with him? Um, just because a lot of people would argue William Nylander has surpassed him as far as somebody who's just grown physically and what he also does skill-wise. That, to me, ends up being the conversation you're having is who are you keeping there, William Nylander or Mitch Marner? At least to me, that's the conversation I'm having because you can't have it all and then expect to have a great blue line and expect to have a great goalie. Ain't going to happen. Andy, great stuff. We appreciate it. Enjoy the week. Enjoy the game tomorrow night. Yeah, thanks. That is uh, Andy Petrillo from One Soccer and CBC Sports. Uh, when we come back, how about this? Not Kachuk, not Barkov, but Reinhardt is killing it. He's got 13 goals in 17 games. He already has 10 multi-point games. Guy's on fire for the Panthers tonight, but uh, a new center as Barkov is out. 
How much of a loss will that be? And uh, how concerned should the orders be about the Panthers now that they're healthy? Both Ekblad and Montour on the back end. We'll discuss next on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 live on Orders Nation YouTube presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 3.30, game day on Sports 1440. How are you? Having an awesome day, I hope. Orders taking on the Panthers tonight. Also, what a kick-ass Monday nighter. Eagles and Chiefs. Super Bowl rematch. Both teams coming off a bye week. Should be fresh, rested, ready to go. Be a heck of a game. Put that one on the old PVR. Catch up as you uh, finish your game. Of course, uh, the orders are taking on a pretty good, pretty good Panthers team who is uh, just getting more healthy uh, as we speak. Uh, they just got Ekblad and Montour back in the lineup on Friday. Now, they lost Barkoff, although it sounds like a short term, but uh, he won't go tonight as we go around the NHL. Brought to you by Mick Donalds and uh, hey. The McDonald's Fan Day deals are back, where you can get a Big Mac, a McChicken, or a filet of fish sandwich for only four bucks. That's every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. So uh, check it out right now at McDonald's. Pretty sweet deal. Pretty sweet. Now, George Richards joins us, longtime uh, beat reporter for the uh, Florida Panthers. And uh, George, welcome back to the show. Um, a lot of people thought with all those injuries on the back end, and then you throw in Sam Bennett, who got hurt in the uh, second game of the season, that the uh, the Panthers are going to struggle coming out of the gate, and it's been exact opposite. I, give me your thoughts on the rebirth of Oliver ekman Larson. Well, first off, thank you for the Miami Vice intro. That's always welcomed. Um, listen, this team started 0-2. They got shut out on opening night in Minnesota. Um, and they come home, they beat the Leafs, and, and really start to get going. Um, yeah, I, I think Oliver ekman Larson has been an, an unbelievably great story for the Panthers. Um, he was one of those guys when Florida signed him on July 1st, you kind of pointed to and said, this is a no-lose, no-risk proposition. Yeah, he's making $2 million, but so what? I mean, if it doesn't work out, it just doesn't work out, and it certainly has. He's been terrific running the power play in absence of Aaron Ekblad and Brandon Montour. He was playing top-pairing minutes. Um, now that's going to be a little diminished, but, you know, we'll see how that affects him. Um, but, yeah, terrific signing for Florida, and it, and it looks like he's kind of, you know, redeemed himself in what is a contract year for him because he's a free agent again because he only signed a one-year deal with the Panthers. Yeah, I, I noticed, though, they kind of have him on their third pair, right? Uh, now with Mont- they do now. With Montour yeah. and Ekblad Bat. So, so we'll see. But uh, obviously, now he's still on their first unit power play. I'm not sure how long that'll last, but he is there. For now, uh, he's played very well, but uh, Reinhardt has been unreal. Uh, leading the charge offensively, he's got 10 multi-goal or multi-point games already. He's got 13 goals in 17 games. Now he's in a he's in a contract year as well. I understand it. Yeah. And uh, you know, and that's all great. But I think teams have to realize, like one good year doesn't mean you know the smart teams anyway aren't going to grossly overpay a guy for one year. But Reinhardt's been a pretty solid player. What about the hot start, George? Um, you know, I don't expect him to score at a pace like this, 13 goals every 17 games, right? Uh, I don't think he's going to get a 65-goal score. But what have you liked about his game? What's led to so many goals early on? Well, he's absolutely fantastic around the net, and that's been, you know, one of, the, one of his calling cards throughout his career even in, in Buffalo. But you look at his stats, this isn't just a one-year thing. You know, obviously the pace he's on is, but 
you know, he's been, what, 35 goals a, a year for the Panthers the past two seasons. So Sam Reinhardt has definitely got a little bit of a track record going here. He's 28 years old. This is the first time he's going to be UFA. So there are going to be people lined up to sign him if the Panthers don't get a deal done first. Um, you know, he's been playing with Sasha Barkov. That's a combination that Florida has tried the previous two seasons, and for whatever reason, it just didn't produce. Did it work? It did work. They were getting lots of chances. They just weren't putting the puck in the back of the net. This time around, the third time's the charm. Barkov and, and, and Reinhardt have been a fantastic combination, and uh, you just watch Reinhardt go at it. I mean, he is uh, some of the best mitts you've seen uh, around these parts in a long time, and, and, and playing with a guy like Barkov and now Anton Lundell. Um, yeah, he, he's just been cashing in left and right. Yeah. Uh, Barkoff is out how long? They're saying day-to-day, week-to-week. I don't know. I think Aaron Eckblad yesterday when we were talking to him kind of slipped up and said, um, you know, we hate missing Sasha, but hopefully we can get through these three games without him. So I would assume that he's gone through the weekend. Um, and that's probably wise. I mean, he got he got – struck flush on the knee um he's walking around and all that stuff but you know you might as well just let him rest and, and bring him back next week of course next week's a road trip so we'll see but uh i would think you know at any point he could come back but i don't expect to see him back till next week george if i said patrick kane would mm-hmm. sign with the panthers what would be your response the guy's, you know, wanting to win, right, and wants to come to Florida and take a little less – and maybe maybe a lot less money. I mean, because that's really the only way Florida can do it um, is a one-year deal, uh, maybe with some incentives put slapped on there that they would have to pay next year. Right. This team's up against the salary cap. They really don't have the room. Now, they could make a couple moves here and there to free up some money. But, you know, I would think Patrick Kane could make more money elsewhere, Um, especially, you know, Buffalo for one, Toronto for another with all their LTIR. Um, Florida doesn't have that right now. So if he would come to Florida, I I think it would be because he was sold on it, uh, not only by Bill Zito in the front office, but by players who are here right now. And uh, it's a fun place to play. The guys really dig it. Um, this is not just the, the local beat writer saying it. I mean, you saw it at the All-Star game last year. Every player here was like, wow, this is awesome. It's February, and it's 85 degrees. I mean, it, it, they like playing here, and now that you've got an owner who spends money, this is you know kind of the giant that finally awoke. For all those years, the Panthers were a joke because they didn't have any money. It was a retirement community. Now you're getting players in their prime who want to play here and, and you know live on Fort Lauderdale Beach. So... We'll see how it goes. I don't expect it to happen, um, but stranger things have definitely happened. Yeah, I, I just I look at teams. You know, Florida being enticing. They made it to the Cup final last year. They got a boatload of high end talent. Um, and now you mentioned now Toronto really even with all their LTIR, uh, they don't have any cap space <laughs> anyway. So if they yeah. signed them, uh, you know what, uh, they'd have to move some other guys as well too. I'm not sure. Like they need defense in Toronto more than anything else. And sure. like I look at Kane and I just Florida's I keep hearing that, you know, there'll be a decision this week. You no, know, Florida, Dallas. Uh, I think Carolina is the team that needs him the most, but I don't think they're going to sign him. But I think they're the team that needs him the most. They've never had him. Carolina's so weird in situations yeah. like that, though, aren't they? I mean, when it comes to stuff like that, where you think Carolina is a slam or with and they're not just not. I, I, I don't know what 
you know, they they, they confound me sometimes. But oh, oh yeah, Dallas would Dallas would be a great fit for Kane. Uh, you know, but they're you know Dallas is up against the cap too. They kind of would have to offer a da- uh, Florida kind of contract. Yeah, as well. So. Yeah, like the the. I wonder how much the Tage Thompson injury impacts Kane. He's like, yeah, I can go to Buffalo, and yeah, yeah. I can make a little bit more money. But man, we're probably not going to win there. So, um, I, but he might get a multi-year deal there. And if his hip, if he's not able to come back from the hip injury, and he's got a multi-year thirty-five and over contract, he gets that money. If he comes on a one-year and can't play, that might be it for him. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's you know, fair. I, it, yeah, I mean, it's one of those deals where we'll see. I mean, he says he's in ready to go and all that but that's a that's a tough surgery so well that's where your you team know. doctor is going to make his money right <laughs> yeah, yeah you would think for uh, sure um uh, give us an update on the goaltending situation for the panthers well um it's bob and it's anthony stolars they're the one too uh spencer knight is playing down in the ahl uh he was hurt for a little bit i don't know what his situation is right now but I think the, the, the plan for, for, for Knight is just to get some AHL playing time. And um, instead of sitting behind Bob, now Stolarz, you know, it took him a month to get two starts, but now he's had four in the past couple weeks um, just because of the way the schedule has gone. But Florida's very happy with its goaltending. Sergey Bobrovsky, um, you look at his numbers right now, 2.63. He's at 91%. Uh, Stolarz has won three or four starts. He's at 2.28. 92%. So the Panthers are very happy um, with their goal thing, but they're very happy with the, the defense that's in front of them. Um, I, I think that's a big difference from, from the defensive play that, that, that Sergey saw the first two years he was here in South Florida. They've really, really clamped down defensively. And, and you can you can tell. You can tell it's really helping out the goalie. Now, do you think Florida would be interested in moving Spencer Knight to free up that 3.35 of uh, Barry Penley they got in the minors? Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. I, I do not know. I mean, that would be, if I said yes, I'd be guessing. If I said no, I'd be guessing. I really don't know because it's a three-year deal um, for $4.5 million, yeah. And you can only bury a million. Yeah, right. So they're, they're carrying 3.5 dead money with him down in the minors. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, he's considered the future goalie here in South Florida. Bob's only got two years left on his contract after this season. Um, Knight's a young guy. He's very popular in this organization. That would be something that Roberto Luongo and his goalie department would probably have the, the, the final say on. Although, you know, Bill Zito would, has the final say. But I would think that they'd leave that, that decision to their goalie department. Yeah, it's it's a fascinating scenario there for sure. Because you know, really if they get to the deadline, they're like, man, we got, we want to we want to win. We're close. Like they made it to the Cup final last year. I wonder if they just say, hey, you know what? Maybe Spencer Knight will be there in the future, but we don't know 100. percent I wonder if they'd be uh, willing to move that out. And uh, it's just an. Well, here's the other thing: they don't have any draft capital. So with, you know, you you know, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a trade deadline. You're dealing with teams that are have been out of it for a while for the most part. They want future assets. The Panthers don't have that right now. So even if the Panthers wanted to be a player and had cap space, you know, at the trade deadline, I don't know what they've got to offer. It'll be interesting to see. George, uh, enjoy the game tonight. Uh, We'll see if the uh, struggles of the order's power play continues or if it finally wakes up in Florida. All right. Good talking to you. That's uh, George Richards, a longtime beat reporter for the Florida Panthers. That Spencer Knight situation is a unique one for me to follow.
because, yeah, he's got a $4.5 million cap, it, but basically it's 3.35 dead space currently sitting in the minors. Now, if you're an opposing team, and I look at his numbers in the American League right now, he's played seven games. He has an 899 save percentage. He's coming off a year off. So now's probably not the time. But if you get into February and Knight's looking like he's found his game and his trade value is higher, would they look in Florida to say, man, that's 4.5 mil. We could add quite a bit of player or two at the deadline and go for it. I could see it. Now, I know don't text that. I'm not saying Spencer Knight's an option for Edmonton because the only way Edmonton could do that trade is if they get Jack Campbell. Well, that doesn't help Florida, right? They're actually Campbell has a higher cap hit. So it wouldn't make sense for Edmonton. But for some other team, that's a guy to watch for. You want the Florida Panthers, they made it to the cup final last year. A lot of people thought they were going to fall off this season. They haven't. So they feel, hey, we're in our window to win right now. And if Bobrovsky's still playing well, maybe it's something they consider. It's uh that's a fascinating one to watch for me, uh, around the uh the league. Um Hey Gregor, George Kett mentioned money for Kane. Do you think that matters? Well, he's made a lot of money. Like he's made over what? I think 120 mil. I don't know the exact number, but I'm pretty sure it's 120 mil. All right, because he had like 10 10.5 on eight years. So right there is 84. Um, and then he had a five year deal at was it six? Yeah. So he's well over. So I don't think money would be his main motivating factor. Right? Like at, at that, like you've you've made that much money in your career. Like come on. He did bring up the point of, yeah, he gets two years guaranteed. But if you believe you can play and you feel confident, then you're not signing for the money. You're signing for the chance to be on a competitive team and have a chance to win. There's no guarantee. Now, I do know, uh, you know, family plays into it. And coming home to Buffalo, there's, I, I think, a big emotional connection there for sure. And think about it. If Patrick Kane comes back to Buffalo, signs a multi-year deal... Now, with Tage Thompson out this year, it might not happen. But if next year they make the playoffs for the first time in 14 years and Kane's playing a big role in that, it just, you know, it's cool. Local kid story. But I've said all along, I think Carolina's a team who needs them the most. My understanding is they're not interested, which is odd to me. But I'm telling you, the Florida Panthers don't sleep on the Panthers and Patrick Kane. Dallas is another team. Colorado. I think it's looking at him hard. So we'll be fascinated. They'll be trust me. There's a lot of suitors, especially if you get that guy a cheap deal. So if his hips don't pan out, who cares? That's what the benefit is of getting him. Quick, quick break. We'll come back. We got uh, more on sports. Fourteen forty. Jason Greger, Connor Halley with you. We have a help your neighbor winner coming up after four o'clock. We got Speck a little bit earlier today. Kevin Woodley and much, much more. The Jason Greger Show on Sports fourteen forty live on Owners Nation YouTube presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 3.50, how are you? Welcome back to the Gregor Show on Sports 1440. Live on Orders Nation uh, YouTube, where, of course, you can always uh, get involved in the uh, chat. Sometimes it uh, gets pretty uh, pretty intense, pretty funny over there on the uh, the YouTube chat line. The con man's always in uh, with some polls. It gets people fired up, which, uh, which is great. So uh, you can chime in there. Also, the text line is humming as always, 833-401-1440. And our Jiffy Lube inbox, remember, be wise, winterized. It's coming. It's coming. Don't wait. 
Show your vehicle a little TLC. Book now at jiffylubeservice.ca. Lots of texts to get to. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, guys, uh, when they pay out Campbell, where does all that money come from? Well, if you pay him out, and let's say you bought him out, he would then, the remaining dollars, which he was owed originally $13.5 million, he would be owned two-thirds of that in actual cash, and then it's split out over the next six seasons, and Edmonton pays it. Now, he can be a free agent, go sign somewhere else and get a new contract, but then Edmonton would still owe him, like, the first year, they would own 1.1 in cash, then it's 2.7, then it's 2.4, and then it's 1.5 million uh, in actual dollars in each of the uh, last three years. And he would get paid out just like uh, any normal player would uh, every two weeks during the season. So uh, that's that's how it works. It's not uh, it's not a lump sum that you uh, that you have to pay out at uh, at that point. So, hey guys, if. Uh, what about Halak? Like I've said earlier, I'm not, I'm not, Yaroslav Halak hasn't played a game in the American League. He's not a PTO. He's skating. He's taking shots in practice. But now I guess if, if Calvin Pickard, who let's be honest, Calvin Pickard's a, a pretty big wild card, right? It hasn't been a regular NHL goalie for seven years. He's made 19 starts in the NHL. He's made 30 appearances in the last seven years. Prior to that, in his first three years in the league, he was pretty solid. He had a 914 save percentage and 74 starts, 86 appearances. It's pretty good. Now he was just a full-time starter one of those years and then uh, a backup and uh, you know, playing 30 games and a few others. I think it is incumbent on Holland and Jackson to find someone that can relieve Skinner and if you look out of out of every 10 games, how many do you want a backup playing? For sure, three down the stretch. And probably three and then four, you know, maybe once or twice out of 10. That's what you'd like. So they got to have a guy. Now, 
Do they believe it's Pickard? I don't know, but that's who they're going with tonight. I just, this can't last much longer, in my opinion. They've got to find a way to uh, to rectify the uh, the goaltender situation. No question. They have to. Now, guys, you think the owners make a move before Christmas from Trev? Yeah, I do. It might not be a major splash move, but I, I like maybe I'm wrong. Like, hey, maybe Calvin Pickard's going to be that uh, that surprise story, and we've seen it from goaltenders before. But we've also seen from goaltenders too who they tried and it doesn't work. So Edmonton, like, look at the games against Seattle and the Islanders. You don't need a goalie to steal you games all the time if you play sound in front of them. And I think the orders are capable of playing sound. Now, there's going to be moments where you need a big save, no question. Every team does. Right? Tampa Bay had the best goalie in the league. You don't think they ever relied on them to make big saves? Damn right you did. So you need your goalie to make some big saves at key times. But I think lately, if you look at their last four games, what is the one consistent in those four games? They need more from 97. I get that he's hurt. I get that he's not 100%. But to me, that doesn't matter. Like he's playing. If he's not 100%, then why are you playing him 20, 22, 23 minutes a night? Right? Why are you? Like their power play, because I don't care how banged up you are. On the power play, they should be able to contribute more than they have. They're 11.6% on the man advantage. Their last. 13 games. That's the first unit. The second unit has scored goals, so that means the team percentage, 18. But the actual first unit over the last 13 games, and you know what? Dreisaitl, one goal. Nugent Hopkins, no goals. McDavid, no goals. On the man advantage. They play a lot. This has been the best power play in the NHL the last year ever. The last four years, the best combined. 29%. They're good, but right now they're not. And even when they won those three games, their first unit power play wasn't producing a whole bunch. They they need more, right? And it's, I I don't think it's unfair to say and ask that, that they need more. Hey guys, if the elders told Campbell he'd be in the minors long-term, do you think he would retire from Paul? No. He's owed $15 million in cash, Paul. Trust me. Playing the American League is not that bad for five million bucks a year. Guys would do cartwheels to do it. He'd relax. All right. I'll be, now I know where I'm going to reside for the next three years. No problem. I'm making 15 mil down here. Great. No, not even a question in my mind that uh, he would do that. Why would he? Right? There's no, um, there's, there's no reason to do it. So, uh, so, well, uh, I, I, that's not an option. I, I do think, though, they ha- they have to figure it out. But it's probably not one that happens until... I think, like, Jack Campbell... And I talked about it earlier, and I asked the question. We've got lots of texts. I want to get to those, because we asked the question, would you, in the summer, buy out Jack Campbell knowing the cap savings? Right? It's the first year, it's 3.9. But then that's always less, because you got to replace him with someone. So let's say they replace him with a $2 million goalie just because it's an easy number, right? Well, then it's $1.9 million savings on the cap hit, right? Because you're going to, to what the cap hit would be on the team plus uh, what your new replacement is. That always is always part of the equation. Or 
would you be willing to trade him knowing you're giving up a first round selection or maybe more? Because, like, I don't think you can tr- convince a team to take Jack Campbell where he's owed $13.5 million. Because right, his cap hits five mil, but that to me, a team that's taken on Jack Campbell, it's more about the is the owner willing to pay out thirteen point five million bucks? Is one first round pick worth that? I don't think so. I really don't. I could be wrong, but man, I'm a GM of a rebuilding team, and I go to my owner, hey, you know what, rebuild? We're gonna get a first round pick. Okay, where do you think that picks? Well, it's probably gonna be like twenty fourth to thirty second. Okay, and how much do I gotta pay? million cash. It's a pretty big matzo ball. Like, I know these guys are rich owners. But the old adage is, most guys who get rich don't get rich by just blowing money. That's a a lot of money to blow, man. 13.5 mil for one first-round pick. I think it's going to require more than that. Would you do two? Right? Would you do two? Just because the problem with that is... That's draft capital that you were hoping to use to acquire a player to help your team. Like, that's why, like, it's easy to say, just buy him out. You get rid of him out of sight, out of mind. But there's lots of complications to it, man. And there's lots of long-term ramifications because of it. Like, this is a terrible deal. And Ken Holland's got to own it. He's got to own it. He signed it. All right? Imagine if you would have signed it just for three mil. I mean, sorry, for three years. Look a lot different, wouldn't it? You buy him out. It's only a two year, then, and the first year you're saving space. The next year you're losing it. Or to convince a team to take a guy for one year, if he's owned, even if it was five mil or maybe it's four, because usually you know it's rarely all even across the board. At least that's get to the con man of sports fourteen forty update, and then after that, the big draw. Now I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm nervous because uh, somebody is going to uh, have their name drawn and uh, some good prizes for them. But more importantly, they're going to be able to change someone's life with a brand new furnace. That is coming up after this Sports 1440 update brought to you by Fountain Tire and the Road Ready Sales event is on right now where you can get uh, $225 off select tires and an additional $50 off when you book a service today at FountainTire.com. Some restrictions apply. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 